Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, PR, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo. You can find me on Instagram at LeeBuff and on Twitter at LeeBuff21. And I'm the founder and CEO of Cannabis Marketing Association. Today's conversation features Christy Price. Christy is the founder of KRMA Media, the premier publisher of B2B content for Black professionals in cannabis, and the editor-in-chief of Black Cannabusiness Magazine, a professional website and digital publication. Christy is also a journalist, producer, and host of the Black Fridays podcast and Inclusion Conversations, a series of interviews with mainstream cannabis leaders that dive into their commitment to DEI and business in the cannabis industry. A proud HBCU graduate of Southern University and A&M College, she is certified in change and project management and has spent her career as a business management consultant focused on marketing communications. Previously, Christy served as the principal leadership advisor to brands like Nike, Red Bull, Diego Guinness USA, Philip Morris, Kimberly Clark, Chevron, and other global business organizations. Welcome everybody to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, PR, and authentic storytelling. And today we have Christy Price, who's the founder and CEO of Karma Media, the parent company of Black Canna Business Magazine. Christy, thank you so much for being here today. We're really excited to talk with you. Well, thank you, Lisa, for having me. I am excited to be here and appreciate your time today. Yes, of course. So first, let's tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Tell us about Christy, Karma Media, Black Canna Business Magazine. Who are you and, and what are you working on these days? Well, okay. So um, um, like you mentioned, um, um, my name is Christy Price and I am the founder um, of Karma Media. Um, Karma Media Inc. Um, is a publishing um, organization that focuses on publishing business to business content um, for black cannabis professionals and owners and entrepreneurs um, in, that are doing business in the, in the industry. Uh, and so um, for me, you know, getting started with Karma or launching Karma a couple of years ago um, really was a com- like a compilation of all of the work um, that I've done um, in my career thus far. And so after, so I went to school for mass communications and broadcast journalism. And so like messaging and communication has always been a passion of mine. So I've always been really excited about talking to people, educating people, um, and just kind of getting the word out about things. Uh, And so then after college, uh, I just so happened to kind of get started in a career that was very very similar to cannabis and that it was in another formally prohibited industry. So um, after college, I spent a lot of time in marketing and comms for um, the alcohol industry, the tobacco industry. Um, I was in even the the energy drink industry for a while. Um, And so, you know, when you've worked in those spaces, like the nuances of doing work, particularly marketing and communications in those types of industries where they're highly regulated and they're very limited and you have to come up with really unique ways of getting, you know, your brand and your message out there, you know, that challenge really um, inspired me throughout that part of my career. And so it just made sense for me when I started to think about the cannabis industry um, and how I wanted to get involved and add value, um, you know, that I took, you know, all of that 
that I learned in the in, in those other industries that are very similar to cannabis in that way, um, and create um, you know some sort of organization that would help uh, my community be more successful in the space. And that's kind of how the long way around <laughs> to getting to how I founded Karma and 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 how um, Black cannabis came into fruition. And remind me what year you founded Karma and where you're located? So I'm in Texas. I'm in Houston. Um, and I founded Karma in 2019, February of 2019. Um, and so, and that was after, I mean, years of traveling around the country and, you know, doing research and going to conferences and really trying to figure out exactly where the industry was and what their needs or the gaps were. And because, you know, I spent so much time just really trying to determine like what I wanted to do. I didn't just want to get into the industry to say I was in it. Like I really wanted to add value. So, you know, spending that time to research and take my time and really figure out the lane I wanted to enter the space in um, um, has really paid off dividends because we've really had a lot of support. Um, there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm about the work that that we're doing with the Black Cannabis brand. Uh, and so I'm just really excited about the work that we're doing. Awesome. Yeah, so um, Black Cannabis Magazine, it's an online publication that mm -hmm. cultivates authentic relationships amongst Black owners and customers in the legal cannabis space that actively supports the growth of Black cannabis business owners through education, outreach, and business partnerships. So I, I wanna know how do you define authentic relationships and how can they be cultivated? And I will add that mm -hmm. part of our mission at Cannabis Marketing Association is to bring a positive perception to and authentic understanding of mm -hmm. cannabis and its consumers. Mm -hmm. So we also agree and have authenticity as one of our core values and believe it's, it's core in in marketing particularly so right. what's your take on authentic relationships you know it's it is um it's kind of i have a couple of take, takes on it i think you know the first the first take and it's really again comes from my the work that i did um in alcohol and tobacco you know those industries were probably some of the first uh industries that really and i guess because they were they had to and they were forced into but they're target marketing like the way that they are able to identify their consumers and talk to them in their in, in their authentic voice you know is just i mean they were years ahead of a lot of industries in that regard and in a lot of way you know another reason that is is because of the limitation um that they had and how they communicated so they had to figure out where their people were and they had to go there you know, and they had to show themselves there, um, and they had to introduce themselves and and and, and allow the, these these communities to get familiar and comfortable with them, and then build that that trust. Um, and so, I think it's no different um, when we're thinking about it. You know, in this industry, whether it's from a marketing you know perspective only, or if it's also when we're thinking about um, like social responsibility. Um, and so for me and what we're doing with Black Cannabis Business is really helping our allies understand that, you know, one of the first things you can do to show your commitment to inclusion or diversity in this industry is to take Black businesses seriously. And if you take them seriously, then that means that on your marketing budget, you have allocated, you know, dollars 
or, or time or efforts that are going towards your diversity marketing efforts. I mean, just like you would for women or a particular state or region of the country, you have to think about, you know, black business owners as a, as a, as a separate community almost, because we, in a lot of ways we are in that we have different challenges. Um, um, but we also have a lot of opportunity and oftentimes, um, you know, these, you know, our allies are those who can come alongside us and, and help, um, um, you know, let's get there quicker a lot of times, you know, those partnerships. And that's one of the things we talk about um, with Black Cannabis Business. It is, yes, we are founded for and in support of, you know, Black Cannabis Business professionals, other underrepresented groups, also our allies, like I say, all the time. You know, we have a, we have about 12,000 subscribers, I think, um, right now for our weekly newsletter. Um, and I have, we it's, it's as diverse, you know, as we imagine the industry could be. I mean, of course, even with our Black Cannabis brand, I think that what resonates across the industry is that we are here to help kind of create like this pipeline, you know, for more Black businesses to get into the industry and for more mainstream organizations who truly want to have an impact on inclusion to support our efforts in making that happen. So we're in a really good space, a really good position, I think. Yeah, and that's incredible growth. 12,000 subscribers in two, two or so years. Yeah. So congratulations on that. Thank you. We don't talk enough about that, but um, we're planning on, you know, celebrating that a little bit more this year as we kind of come out of, you know, the COVID and everything that kind of, you know, because 2020 was really supposed to be the year that we just really launched, but um, things changed. And of course, um, um, I'm in Houston, so, you know, the, and that was the home of George Floyd, and so there was just a lot that was going on last year um, that we just had to take a beat and, and be engaged about and with, you know, but um, coming out of that, now we're looking at 2021 with a lot more clarity, like we know where we're going, um, you know, we know what we're hoping to accomplish, and so this is like, you know, our launch 2.0, <laughs> so we're still kind of gearing up to get to that, to that point where we can really um, introduce the brand in a bigger way to the industry. Yes, I totally understand and, and relate to that. Last year was definitely a reset for, for yeah. me. So, yeah. um, so I would like to talk a bit about media and the role it plays. So how can media play an effective role of storytelling within cannabis and particularly underrepresented founders and business owners who may not have you know, the budgets to reach mm -hmm. those big PR agencies or, mm -hmm. or maybe working with a bootstrap team and bootstrap resources, how can they leverage media to tell, get their stories out there? Well, you know, social media has really changed the game, I think, in a lot of ways for, uh, for both sides, for the media and for those who are trying to, you know, to get media attention. I think one of the things that's really helpful about social is the proof. You know, so if by the time something goes viral now, you know, that social proof that that's an interesting concept, angle, story, you know, that really resonates with people. Uh, and so I think with anything that we, if we're, you know, from a media or marketing or any perspective, when we're trying to think about a new way or a different way of doing things, I always recommend that we just find something or find an example of, even if it's not exactly what, you're thinking about but if you have to have a starting point from which you can kind of um you know evolve you know your your strategy into like a lot of people um will see a story that they like they'll go through all the comments 
typically people will share stories or similar stories or whatever. So a lot of it, you know, with media and as it is with journalism is just doing the research and, and spending some time, you know, figuring out how just to make, again, going back to the authenticity part, um, have authentic connections, you know, with people and think about, you know, um, you know, how people are going to receive introductions. So, you know, if you're coming from a big agency versus the brand itself, or, you know, from, you know, the, some rep or, you know, the founder itself, you know, so I think all of that goes into think, you know, kind of that, that thought process about how you want to show up in the media and how you can control it better um, when you kind of do your research um, and figure out maybe some of the channels you want to start with so that you can kind of have more control over, you know, the message that you're, that you're putting out there. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, what are some effective ways that you see brands using marketing and communications in general? And I am particularly interested, since you mentioned it, lessons learned from alcohol and tobacco, if that resonates with you. Um, you had mentioned that they really by force had to find a way to connect mm -hmm. authentically with their customers. And right. as we know, cannabis marketing regulations follow that of alcohol. So what mm -hmm. are some, some lessons as far as effective ways brands mm -hmm. can use marketing and communications? And if so, any lessons learned from, from those industries? Oh yeah, I mean for sure, and I, and I think if you're in marketing or if you're in communications, and we all understand personas, or we all understand you know audience analysis, like we we know the importance of understanding who we who understanding who we are marketing to, who we're communicating to. So we're just going to leave that as that's just we take that for granted. I'm taking for granted we all understand that. Um, so then, so once we've identified our audiences, then the next thing to do, if you haven't already, is to actually put a real person. So now you take the persona and you and you put it on somebody. So if your goal is, you know, you're marketing to black business owners, then you should probably talk to some black business owners. Um, it's 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 same. One of the things that was a big deal in these other industries, and they invested so much money in focus groups, was for this. Because they had a alloc they had so many so many dollars that they could allocate, you know, to marketing and communications efforts. So they needed to make sure they're getting the, the biggest bang for their buck. And so instead of sending out messaging to people who would it, that it wouldn't resonate with, they decided that they would test it. So I think one of the key learning and learnings that all of us as communicators should be really start to get more comfortable with is um, um, you know testing our messages. And, and that's as simple. And, and if you're a marketer, I'm assuming that maybe you've done email marketing and they have AB and split testing and that kind of stuff. All that is, you know, legitimate. I mean, if that's a, there's a reason why, um, uh, you know, um, experts suggest that you do that. And that's the same thing um, with us, whether it's email or, or written communication or marketing um, interactive communications. It's still about how we are communicating to people, meeting them where they are. Um, and speaking to them um, in ways that they are going to receive it. Um, and then also, and we keep talking about the authenticity part, you know, doing your research and understanding the, this group and the people in these, in these communities, um, you know, what, what their challenges are, what their successes have been. Um, because again, that I think all of that kind of feeds into um, your voice and how you talk to them and how you um, you know, communicate and, and interact with them. Yeah. And 
I, I think you've made a good point about uh, A-B testing and also mm-hmm. doing it early. I think yeah. sometimes founders in this space, I mean, I, I talk with founders who are former marketers every day right. or, yeah. or former full-time marketers, and then they become entrepreneurs. And it, it it's never too early to start testing. Even yeah. if you, you know, have 10 people on your email list, start yes. doing that so you can have that data so that mm-hmm. moving forward, you're making these informed decisions. And I imagine that's what helps you scale so quickly to those 12,000 subscribers is by yeah. doing that testing and, and keeping that focus on those analytics and knowing your audience early on. Yeah. And I mean, and to be honest with you, it was really... You're right. I think, um, you know, and test early and often, you know, um, different campaigns, you know, you're trying different things. Um, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about ways to improve. And I think that's important, you know, with, with communication, because in any relationship with the longer you know somebody, the better your communication gets, you know, and the more, and, and if you're really developing this relationship, you're not just communicating for the sake of it, but you're really getting to know people, you know, that's, I think, one of one of the things that was really instrumental in our list growing as quickly as it did is because people liked us and they wanted to ch- tell other people about us. And then it just went, and, you know, and it kind of grew and it, and it grows from there. So I think it's, it's the same thing with what we're doing. And you were right. It doesn't matter how many you start with, because if you can figure out early what resonates with your people, like what gets them to move, you know, what, ha- what makes them feel like they're a part of what you're doing, um, it's, it's worth taking your time to figure that out. Then having a whole lot of people on the list or, or you know, just sitting there not doing anything, but just on the list. Right, semi-engaged. And that yeah. makes it difficult if you're selling media as well. Mm-hmm. Because you can say, oh, I've got this list, but if, if your readership's not engaged, what yeah. you know, what good does that do? What's the point, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, so what, what ways do you believe that online marketing will continue to grow, um, particularly in relation to the cannabis industry? And I think we've seen uh, in, in online media and the, the role that it plays in marketing. And I think we've seen a focus that was happening, but the pandemic accelerated mm-hmm. where all of a sudden last year, you know, all the budgets we were putting towards these in-person events. Yeah. Folks are trying to find ways to connect using online media. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, advantage of, of it? And uh, how do publications like Black Cannabis Magazine fit in? In the online media space is what we're saying. Yeah. And, and how do you see that playing a role for the cannabis industry moving forward? So it was funny because I, I was I had a call earlier this morning, um, and one of the things um, that she and I were talking about was just how how siloed this industry is, and it's and it's because of you know it, because of the way we're we're set up, we're not federally legal, and so so many things are state specific, region specific, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think, like you mentioned, I think last year was. And I hope for marketers anyway, um, it, it, it was really eye opening um, in that the response to, you know, virtual meeting um, um, and online engagement just really was the highest it's ever been, I think, across industry, not just cannabis, but just, you know, period, online media, period. Um, and, I, and I think that um, for cannabis in, in particularly, um, it probably... Um, came in, came to us at the right time because I believe that there's yeah. no there was no better there's there's no better way of really getting a, a bird's eye view of what's 
what's going on in the industry than to be able to be in Texas uh, and hop on a conference that's happening in the, in the mid-Atlantic, you know, or to be in or Portland and be able to find out what's going on, you know, um, in the DMV, you know, just by being online. So in terms of engagement, I don't think we're ever going to be the same. I think we're, there will always be hybrid. I think there will always be virtual options. I just believe it is going to be the way, kind of like curbside, I don't think is ever going to go away. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you know, the, the pandemic really forced some things, but some of those things really work, you know, even outside of, you know, um, a pandemic. So um, I, I think the future is bright for online media because again, thinking back to being, you know, in a, in a highly regulated industry, um, there's an, definitely an opportunity um, for platforms to really take advantage of, of those limitations, um, and particularly in, in the cannabis space. Yeah, and I think it also brought a, certainly for us, a sense of mm -hmm. community together, mm -hmm. where, for sure. you know, we, we have members in, in California who are dealing with the marketing nuances there but then we've mm -hmm. also got members in the northeast in the mid-atlantic mm -hmm. who it might seem very different but yeah. it's actually not what everyone's it's really going not through in cannabis even though we're siloed by these these state borders so to speak mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah i think that opportunity for um bringing the community together too mm -hmm. is, has been really awesome and I i'm think, excited yeah. to see how that now plays out in real life yeah absolutely and that's always you know when we've because we had our, our, our conference last year, our little virtual conference last year. And um, that was a feedback that we got coming out of it. It was like, wow, I didn't ever knew it was so many people here or people were doing this there. Like sometimes people forget that they're not alone. You know, they feel like in, the, in, the, in, in this industry, depending on where you live, in the community you're from, how or, you know, evolved, you know, your family may be to this industry, you know, it could be lonely if you don't have, um, you know, a tribe or, or people that you can really um, identify with and people can that can identify with you and it's a very and it's the same thing in tobacco and um and in the liquor industries they're you know they're vices for a lot of people or the vice industries and though they're fun and exciting i mean that's their and they're, they're you know relatively speaking um they're huge organizations but it's not a whole lot of folks who work in that in that space you know, in that capacity. So having the opportunity to see each other and be together and talk about best practices and, you know, just have someone that you can just start a text group with, you know, whatever that whatever it is that you do. Um, the, the community is important. And I know that for, for us anyway, Black Canada Business, online media has certainly helped us to connect um, and, 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 and expand our community um, the way that we have. Played a big role. Definitely, definitely. And I'm curious if there's any lessons learned you would like to share since since founding Karma Media and, and your magazine. What would be, you know, mm -hmm. I wish I knew this when I started. We have a lot of listeners mm -hmm. who are early in stages as far as starting their companies. What's something you mm -hmm. wish you knew about the journey, whether it's in cannabis or marketing or just, just anything you've kind of learned along the way? Well... So I don't know if it's, if, if if this is something that I learned that specifically with with karma, but I know that I I was able to you know kind of pull draw on some of the lessons learned I've all, I've I've learned throughout my life as a as a marketer that's really paid um, dividends for me with karma, um, you know, and that was um, so I'm certified in in project management and change management also, 
Um, and so I'm a big proponent of, you know, planning and not just, you know, and not <laughs> in your head, but just really um, putting it out, putting it on paper, um, having people hold you, uh, you know, accountable um, for different deliverables. Um, I think all of us in marketing, you know, wear so many different, different hats. And um, the lesson that I learned is the thing that I, I, I like to do the least, I start with. And then I do the fun stuff after I've done the stuff, you know, that I don't like to do. And what I don't, and so what I don't like to do is like numbers and kind of thinking through, you know, that part is always a challenge for me. So that's kind of what I start first with dates, deadlines, benchmarks, things like that. And so um, for me, one of the things that I, feel like has helped me that has always helped me was just my planning my projects and just really putting pen to paper um and I'm coming up with um you know plans that I could really that are really that we can really implement and really get done that's a good point and I think it is often overlooked when uh in the world of immediate rewards and fast mm -hmm. ROI to be able to plan and take that long-term view yeah. does save you time and money yeah. and yeah it really does you spend you would spend waste so much money um if you are working from the beginning you got you know you start with the end in mind and then you kind of work backwards because if it, you know, and, and, you know, we can talk about this for, for hours and hours and hours, but you will, you will waste so much money on branding or develop your design, you know, cause that's the fun stuff. Everybody wants to get out and get their website and, you know, do all the fun things, but that those oftentimes are sometimes the most <laughs> expensive um, things, you know? And so just having a, a really solid um, plan of action uh, is important very 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 important where do you see yourself in five years great then how then work backwards how do we get there starting from where we are today you know so that's that's kind of the thing that i believe is most helpful for newcomers that's, yeah that's a really good point okay awesome so is there any advice that you received at the beginning of your career that sticks with you to this day i know we we sort of just talked on that but anything else you would add a little bit well, I will say this, and I don't know if this is unique um, to, to Black cannabis and our brand, or if it would, or if it's something that would resonate with others. But I once had um, another publisher, and I won't mention any names, but another publisher, a big one. Um, she and I had a conversation, and I asked her for that advice. You know, I said, "What well, if there's anything you could tell me right now? What would it be?" And she told me to find my lane and to stay in it, like stay in your lane. Um, and her take on that was because I was a black business and I was coming, to the, coming into the cannabis industry and you know, the social equity, social justice conversation is really almost um, overpowering a, a lot of times because it's so much conversation about it. But on the other side of social equity and social justice, there are legitimate like business 
um, challenges and opportunities um, that exist for Black people in this space. So whereas, yes, we're focusing on social justice and that conversation needs to happen, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. There's also an opportunity to support businesses who may not be equity applicants, but that, that are still Black business owners in the space who are still adding, you know, to our inclusion efforts who need, you know, serious consideration. Um, and so that was the advice and she was right because, you know, as a, as a Black professional in this space, that's, that is a lot of times the first thing people think about is social equity or social justice or what is black can you know, they're like, what's black can business? Is it for, you know, um, are you a nonprofit? I get that a lot, you know? So, um, so that was that. And, and I think that's for, if you're a woman owned business or whatever, just if you are a woman owned business, but you are a, an architect and you build dispensaries, you lead with the fact that you are an architect and you, then you build dispensaries. And so then you go after those, be, those services that help you be, you know, the best architect you can be. And it's the same thing with black business. We don't lead with equity because all of us, one, are not equity you know, and I think, again, that conversation is, is for another time, but, you know, as just we're business owners, like anybody else, like everyone else. And so we are in these the same products and services that, is services that any other um, business would have. And so understand me understanding that early on and knowing that that's my lane and I got to stick in this, stay in this lane. And even though people want to put me in another one, I have to figure out a way to constantly almost bring people back to my lane. So that is uber, uber, uber important. Um, people project a lot when you're a new business. Um, you'll come in and you'll give someone your concept or your elevated pitch and they'll say, what did you think about this? And did you think, you know? So it's one of those things where you really almost have to go through your email and delete all of those subscriptions that you subscribe to that have all these different ideas and voices and only kind of be laser focused on what you're what you're here to do. Um, it seems extreme, but I'm telling you all of that extra stuff just takes up a whole lot of space. Um, find your lane and then make sure that you are equipping yourself, you know, with those things that you need to stay like those those your guidelines, like what, where are you? Like you mentioned a minute ago um, about um, authenticity being like one of your pillars for, you know, CMA, it's the same thing. Like if you're a brand, what are, what are the four promises? Like where, what are your parameters and stay within those? I love the four promises reference. That's great. Instead of yeah. just brand pillars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, thank yeah. you for that. I think that's um, a really good point about about staying in your lane and, and knowing what it is because mm -hmm. I think founders can tend to get these big, you know, we're visionaries by by design. So we've mm -hmm. got these big ideas about our companies and where they can go. And sometimes we're living 10, 15 years in the future, but it's, yeah. you know, there's a path <laughs> to get there. And mm -hmm. it's a very exciting industry. There's a lot of different things we can do and accomplish, but um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's really, really well noted and, and well taken. Good. Cause I, you know, I'll so, talk and I go on and on and sometimes I talk in circles. I hope I get, <laughs> I hope I get it out when I'm, when I'm trying to communicate, but <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. And you know, we, we deal with it too. You know, we're yeah. a cannabis marketing association and we know what that means, but to yeah. everyone who engages with us and our members, they might see a different way in which we mm -hmm. can help them. And yeah. so we're constantly fighting 
um, you know, scope creep with our yeah. services and how, how we yeah. help and engage the community. And right. sometimes that means we're not a fit for mm-hmm. everyone. And that can be tough when you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're focused on revenue and you're focused on growing, but it, yeah. it does serve in the long term. It really does. It, it, it really does. Awesome. So I'm curious, Christy, what are you most hopeful for in regards to the future of cannabis? And what's your favorite part of, of this industry or this space? I'm most hopeful for, okay, so when I founded Karma in 2019, at that time, um, statistics showed that there were Black participation in the industry was at 4%. Now, for those of us who just took statistics, I hated statistics at, in, in school, but what we know is there's always a margin of error. <laughs> and if you think about that margin of error, I mean, error, you could basically say they're like very few, like 1% probably at the time. So um, going back to promises, you know, I, I'm, I, I have to quantify the things that we do so that when I'm talking to people about my lane, I can own it and say, this is how, you know, I'm impacting my lane. This is what I'm doing. And so our, one of our promises is to be a pipeline you know, for more participation uh, for Black people, underrepresented groups um, in this in this space. So what I'm most hopeful for is for us to double the number. So on a lot of our um, materials that we share with our partners, we talk about 8%. Um, and that's our goal. So I'm, I'm my what I'm looking forward to is the Black Canada business and all of the things that we're doing with our allies and our partners um, that we are able to, over the next decade, um, double the number of participation that we we saw when we found it. So that's that 8%. So I'm looking very forward to that. And what was the second part of the question? Your favorite part about the cannabis industry. My favorite part. Oh, I have, <laughs> I have so many favorite parts. <laughs> so, um... And again, go, you know, my background is in 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 vice industries. Um, there is a certain nuance to doing business with people who work on premise or in bars or at parties or do events. I mean, it's just a really, really fun uh, industry to be in, and I am excited to be back. I took a break um, between, you know, marketing and, and, and brand communications and stuff in these industries, and then I kind of took a turn and started doing more management consulting, blah, blah, blah. So I'm super excited to be back because I thought that there was nothing else, nowhere else to lend those talents um, and to have this new opportunity to do it in a new and emerging industry. It's just the perfect fit for me and so i'm really excited to be um contributing um and doing my part to create um, a more welcoming and inclusive industry awesome yeah and it's great uh you're in texas too so the fact that you're you know texas we we get to see texas come online at some Uh point soon so you get to watch that as well on the on the ground evolve which being from, Col- not from Colorado, but living in Colorado during yeah. that process was really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So we're waiting. Well. We're, we're, there's a lot of work going on here um, on the ground. And it's, you know, it's not just really Texas. We're really connected to the Gulf Coast area and, that, and the Gulf Coast region as well. So they're particularly for um, Black business owners. It's a huge, huge, huge opportunity. It's going on in Alabama, uh, Louisiana. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're more progressive in a lot of ways than, than Texas is. But, it's, but, it, but again, it's a really exciting um, for people of color who are in the south because it's 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 really opening up opportunities for generational wealth in those areas where 
land is in abundance and farming and agriculture is still um, um, a big part of, of um, the community there. So it, it'd be awesome to be able to integrate all of what they've been doing um, down there for all these years into an industry that could really use, um, you know, some homegrown um, support. Definitely. And I'd like, so you're going to be speaking at our upcoming Cannabis Marketing Summit, which yes. is June 8th through 10th. And speaking of, it's an online virtual event. So wherever you're listening from, <laughs> you can you can join. And you're going to be hosting a workshop with mm -hmm. Ernest, Tony, and Rue Johnson, both right. visionaries who I have deep respect for, about infusing your cannabis B2B marketing with diversity. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a little bit about how you got to that topic and give a little sneak peek of, of what you're going to be discussing. Absolutely. Um, so I actually was on LinkedIn and I, um, I can't remember exactly what the catalyst was for me to write this article, but really the, the title of this workshop is based on an article that I published on LinkedIn, like really the only one, shame on me, I need to publish a little bit more. That's one of my things, to, on my things to do list, you guys. Um, but that article um, really started or kicked off a lot of very interesting conversations that I had with a lot of our partners um, and allies and sponsors, because it just kind of talked about, um, you know, some tips that you, should, you can take or consider if you're an organization who's decided that um, they really want to take inclusion seriously and they want to leverage marketing um, to do that. You know, I think every organization is different. Um, for me, and when I talk to my clients, it's always about, you know, but this is, is the most cost-effective way. Um, and it's, and it's at the way that you can really have um, a lot of control over, um, you know, your messaging. So if you say, you know, so um, um, one of the things or one of the tips we've already talked about, Lisa, and it was the authenticity part that's one of those tips. So it's based, it's definitely about knowing who um, your um, community or, or knowing who your group that you're targeting is um, and getting to know their language, um, where they hang out. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like marketing one-on-one, you know, this community, this group, whether it's black professionals or women or Hispanic or indigenous, BIPOC, whatever it is, um, taking the time as, a, as an organization to understand where they're coming from and who they are um, and where they are. So that's a, that's a big one. Um, um, and being able to tell it back to them, you know, being able to go to them with, you know, understanding that um, kind of like why you're there and, and what's going on. So that authenticity is a really um, a big part. Another thing to consider um, that we talk a lot about and we'll talk a little bit about um, um, during the workshop is, you know, how to craft those challenging conversations. I think, um, you know, when we, when I started Black Cannabis Business and there were mainstream organizations, you know, white owned organizations who were trying to figure out how to, you know, get to know us, there were, they even would say like in the email that say, Christy, I know this is gonna sound awkward or crazy, or I don't know how to start. I mean, even starting the conversation is harder for people than I think um, we all uh, realize. So we're gonna talk about, you know, having those uncomfortable conversations um, um, and, and kind of give giving, you know, the folks who are in the session with us kind of a preview of, of um, you know, how, what to expect, you know, um, if you're wanting to partner with a black or, black organization that you, you know, really 
you know, uh, in, that it inspires you. If you want to support Black businesses, you know, there are certain, there are definitely better resources than others. So we'll certainly share uh, where people can go, you know, to really legitimize um, uh, folks in the space and the people who are doing the work in the space. So they're just, it's so, I mean, we, I can go on and on and talk about it. So many different things um, that we're going to talk about, but we're definitely going to have the authenticity talk and talk about how to find, you know, your target audiences and, and how to connect with them there. Um, and then, like I mentioned, we'll also talk about having those conversations. And once you find them, then what do you do? Like, then what are you going to say? Yeah. Right? <laughs> What's the conversation going to yeah. be about? You know, so, you know, we also talk about, you know, and I guess the last thing, and it's a tip, and it's something that we'll do during the workshop is we'll talk through um, each organization's manifesto. Everyone should have a diversity manifesto, which is just a one pager, a poster, a screen saver, whatever it is for your organization, but it's just something where everyone knows they can go to and remember their lane and what they're here, you know, to do in their own words. So, um, you know, working with attendees to kind of craft um, the outline for that, and they can take it back to their organization, um, do their own manifesto, manifesto, put it on their website. I mean, that's the other thing we talk about also is when you are an ally, you need to show your work. So if you're doing this, doing, making these efforts, you need to make sure that whomever you're partnering with or working with, um, that, you're, that your work is shown. Um, and that you're recognized for, for your, and not to say that you're doing the work for recognition, but authenticity oftentimes is rooted in work that you've done like show up like where do where are you what are you doing so if you're in california and but you know um and you're wanting to market to people in in the gulf coast show what you've done in california like show the work that you've done that that's part of the conversation um that's part that's an icebreaker you know for a lot of different relationships that you can build so you know um it's great to to support um but it's it's even better when you can show your support um in other ways that that would benefit your organization also thank you for that and i also uh love that you're taking this this b2b angle because i think mm -hmm. these conversations are a lot of time had from the b2c where it feels right. Um, a bit transactional or mm -hmm. like, okay, once it's done, you know, it's done, mm -hmm. you've connected with that customer, but B2B is, it's a bit of a different game and it's a longer right. term game. And it also involves your, your personal mm -hmm. credibility and, and reputation. Right. And, and um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just really glad that you're hosting this workshop and, and we're having this discussion. It's, it's very timely and I'm excited to hear what, what you, Ernest and Rue have to say. Well, we're excited. I was with them in Denver nice. last week. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're going to have fun and we're definitely, um, you're going to have to do some work. So come prepared people to think and interact because we can't do without hearing from the group. So it's going to be very engaging, very interactive. Um, you know, both Rue and Ernest are so much fun and their energy is yeah. so amazing. So I'm looking forward to us, uh, the three of us um, getting together to present during the summit. I think we're going to have a good time. Yes. And as a reminder, that's June 9th uh, from 12 to 1 Mountain Time. So it's on the second day of the summit. And I believe it's that second session of the day as well. Okay, Christy, well, any parting words you have, any, any, you know, pitches you want to make for karma, <laughs> any, anyone you want to address directly before we sign off or, or last words you want to say? Mm, no one that I want to address. However, I will say this, that we are um, taking the Black Canna Conference 
to New Orleans this year, November 18th through the 20th. In person? In person, in the New Yay. Orleans Convention Center. Yay! So wow. we're very excited. Um, we are in the very, the last talking about that plan I talked about right so we're we're ending the our blueprinting phase so some of our allies and partners that we are already in connection with will probably be getting our um more information on how they can participate like in the next week or so but starting in June is where we're going to really start to market and and spread the word we have state ambassadors who are going to help us um, we have 10 target states that we're targeting so we have a lot coming up and I'm excited about that. And um, of course, um, all of my co all of my membership sisters and brothers will definitely be um, some of the first folks to hear about it. So I'm excited to share when we're ready, which is almost. <laughs> That's so exciting. I, New Orleans is, is the best. I'm so excited you're gonna be there and at yeah. the convention center. And so how can, how can our listeners connect with you? What's your okay. website, so social, any way they can reach out? Right. So on LinkedIn, you can find me. I'm Christy C. Price. Very easy. Um, um, BlackCannabusiness.com. You can always subscribe to our newsletter there. And I do a lot of emails too. So we do, a, we, have a, a weekly, we have a weekly newsletter, but then sometimes I just send a note to everybody. <laughs> just like, hey, y'all, this is what's going on. <laughs> so it's, that's also a great way for, um, um, for us to keep in touch. Um, and then we have our podcast every Friday. It's the Black Fridays podcast. And um, you can find that on our website as well. So if you go to blackcannabusiness.com and you click on the podcast button, you can kind of see some old, you know, some past um, um, episodes that we have and kind of learn more about the work that um, the Black Cannabis Business um, community is doing. I mean, we're doing a lot of amazing things. Um, and so we kind of leverage the podcast to get to amplify those stories. So if you ever want to know how to get in touch with a Black Cannabis Business professional, listen to our podcast because we have the best and the brightest on the show. So that's my plug for the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Well, Everyone who's listening, please be sure to connect with Christy and check out her website. And if you'd like to hear more, join us at the Cannabis Marketing Summit. You can find all that information on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com. She will be speaking on day two on seven tips for infusing your cannabis B2B marketing with diversity. And Christy, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to have you today. And thank you for sharing all your insights and hard-earned lessons. Well, thank you, Lisa, for having me. I can always talk. Okay. So this is never a big, this is always, I'm always open to this type of dialogue. Yeah. So, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to, um, to chit chat a little bit. And um, I look forward to seeing everybody at the summit. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Check us out on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and at Canna Marketing and engage with us. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to join us at the second annual Virtual Cannabis Marketing Summit this June 8th through 10th to learn, play, and network with cannabis communications professionals. Over three days, we'll be hosting 12 sessions, three panels, three workshops, and three networking events, including an exclusive members-only track for our CMA members focused on managing marketing teams. 
Tickets are on sale on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com, and early bird tickets are on sale, available through May 25th. And it's virtual, so wherever you are in the world, you can attend. Thank you so much, and I look forward with connecting with all of you on social media. You can find me, Lisa, at LeeBuff on Instagram and at LeeBuff21 on Twitter.